This episode and every episode of A Beer With is recorded live in Diffuse Studios. Guys, we just hung the ceiling panels. Finally. Um, Johnny's been building the ceiling panels. We've been, we've been putting them together for a couple of weeks now, just trying to get it right. Um, we built the panels. We brought them over here. Um, we got them up on the ceiling. Um, one of them fell down at the start, landed on our mate Cam. Sorry, Cam, about that. Hope your arm's not too sore today. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and this ceiling sound absorption has made it sound so much better. Um, and it already sounded dope. So, um, make sure if you're a producer, you want to come in and use the space, you get in touch, say it every week, www.diffusedstudios.com. Send us a message, get in touch. Um, you can even go to Facebook and we've actually got calendars and things there where you can book in times. Uh, we've got discounted rates that we're starting, um, for writing sessions in there. So, um, there's times it's basically like 4 PM till midnight from Wednesday to Saturday, uh, where frequencies is running. So outside of our space, um, if you know what frequency studio is, they actually have, uh, you know, DJs and live streams. So there is a bit of bleed. So because of that, you can't really do the best mixing. Um, so what we're doing is we're doing a $20 rate, um, for that time. So it's basically, I would suggest mainly writing. You can do some mixing and stuff in there and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, between those times, so between four and 12 on a, uh, Wednesday through till Saturday, when frequencies is on, you can hire that space for $20 an hour. Like that's so cheap guys. Um, so you can do like three hours of writing in there, say six till nine or something during the week. Um, 60 bucks, like, come on, that's so cheap for a studio, like <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, make sure you get in touch, make sure you let us know, check out the website. We'll have a heap of stuff coming soon, photos, videos, all that content. So you can see what it's looking like. But yeah, it's sounding really good. And the only way you can really figure out how it sounds by coming in and checking it out. You can still get your first hour free if it's your first time in here. So uh, yeah, get in contact. All right, guys. So this one is actually a solo one. I'm going to start doing a few of these coming up every now and again, just because sometimes I like to hear the sound of my voice. I like to talk about some stuff um, that I'm interested in that maybe isn't quite as related to uh, the guest. Um, so yeah, let's get this episode underway, guys. Hi guys, welcome back. This is another episode of A Beer With. I'm your host, Jai, and today it's a solo podcast, or as I'm going to call them, solo casts. Um, so yeah, solo casts today. I'm going to be talking about a heap of stuff. Um, talk a little bit about Festival X. We talk about how to get started in production for people who are just starting. Um, I do some questions or topics that people have given me and have a little chat about that. Um, I talk about some podcasts that I'm going on or I've been on and we have a little touch on Overlook and some events that are coming up around Brisbane. So without further ado, let's just get straight into this one because it's just me talking. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. So as always, sit back, crack a beer if you have one and enjoy the episode. This is a beer with, well, it's a solo cast, so me. Hey guys, so I'm recording this one uh, on the Monday night. 
Um, you'll start seeing a few more of these podcasts pop up where it's just me. Uh, I do want to sort of work on doing some solo ones where I maybe get to talk about, you know, not just another person and with them and sort of what interests them. I want to be able to do some of these, I suppose, solo podcasts so that maybe I can explore some ideas and some things that I'm, um, you know, I've been been looking at or, or that are interesting to me uh, in my life or, or things that are coming up. So it's something that I want to do a little bit more of, and I want to become more comfortable doing it as well. So um, I thought this was a good opportunity to do it. There's a lot of things that have been going on lately around Brisbane. There's lots of stuff going on with me, uh, and there's lots of um, there's just lots of really cool stuff to talk about in general. Uh, I've also got some sort of topics or questions from people out there. So the other thing about this. Uh, these these solo ones is that I'll actually be able to sort of engage a little bit better with uh, with you guys out there who are listening. I can answer questions. Uh, it can be a little bit more sort of something that where I can actually respond to things maybe you've you've sent me previously or or done like that. Whereas when I'm with a guest, it's really sort of about it's really about showcasing them and and finding out about them and then figuring out as well sort of you know, how I relate to it and sort of bringing some, you know, some of how I relate to that. Um, as you will have learned, you know, in the episodes, it's, I'll always sort of, well, not always, but if, you know, if people, if people are telling a story or there's something and I've got a similar experience, um, you know, sometimes it's great to have two examples of a particular idea or, or whatever it may be. So that's why a lot of the times in the episodes, you'll you'll hear one of my guests will discuss something and then I'll go into detail about it, um, how I've maybe experienced something similar. Um, there's a few reasons for that. Um, let's just talk about it. The podcast, when it started, I, I started it and I had actually done a little bit of research beforehand. So I'd actually looked into uh, active listening. I'd looked into communication skills really how you can make people feel comfortable when they're having a conversation with you. So whether it's, uh, whether, whether it's actually physical things that you're doing, um, you know, um, or whether it's the way you're, uh, you know, the things you're saying or your tone of voice, there's all these different ways that we can make people feel comfortable. Um, one thing you'll hear me do in the podcast quite often is just nodding and saying yes or yeah, or okay. Um, these little vocal cues let people know that you're listening. So that's why I do that. Um, it's It makes people aware that you're listening and that you're actively engaged in what they're talking about. So, um, you know, I didn't just run into this pod, you know, rush into this podcast. Like I've sort of said, I recorded one and then I said, now I've got to do another one. Now I've got to do another one. I mean, that's true. But um, over the years, I have worked on some of these things previously. So it's not like I've, I just sort of blindly went in, um, you know, body language and things like that. Here's a big tip for everyone. Don't cross your arms. Don't ever cross your arms unless you're actually angry. Um, when you cross your arms, people look at that as a really negative body posture. Um, and I've even noticed that at times when I've been in the podcast, um, and I don't really work well with, uh, with aircon. So there's been times where we've been doing the podcast and, um, you know, the aircon's been on and it generally points directly at me in the studio. So, um, that was one that was, you know, a little bit difficult. Um, and I was, you know, I maybe had my arms crossed a few times. Um, 
just because I was cold, not because I was thinking negative. And the conversation starts to go in a weird, you get this weird direction that it goes. Um, people respond in a different way than what you would, what I would usually expect in a podcast. Um, so yeah, you know, body language, um, and that's everywhere. That's not in a podcast. Um, if you see someone with their arms crossed, it's generally a negative body posture. So, um, you know, if that's something, if you're, you know, if you find yourself crossing your arms somewhere and you don't want to give that impression out, um, definitely don't do it <laughs> because it, it definitely looks like that. So, um, you know, there's all these, all these techniques and things that you'll see, you'll hear me or, and I reckon you can actually hear if someone's a good listener, which a lot of people think, Oh, what? hear that someone's a good listener if they're listening shouldn't they just be listening but like i said there's all these these little things that that we do um to make people feel comfortable and to show them that we're listening um that you can do so and a lot of it is is verbal like i said the okay is the yeah you can do things like um if they make a statement you repeat the statement but maybe reworded in a different way so that shows that you've listened to what they've just said and you understand the message enough that you can actually reword it in your own words and say it back to them. So these are all little subconscious things that people don't think about, um, but it's really part of good communication. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we got onto this, but um, yeah, I, I you know I jumped jumped in the podcast and I've done a lot of learning before. Um, so you know that's something interesting maybe that that you might have thought. Oh, he just jumped straight into this and. And um, he says he's done nothing like it before, and I really haven't. But I did do a bit of research into into some of those things before before starting. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Brisbane. We just had Festival X. Um, I I wasn't there, unfortunately. But I mean, obviously, as everyone knows, check out all the Instagram stories and everything later, and you sort of get a bit of a rundown of the festival anyway. So um, to me, it looked amazing. Um, the production on all of those stages was. It, it looks sick. Um, I, I, I did hear from some people that there may have been a little bit of technical difficulties um, during some of the day. But, you know, when you're working with so many stages, so many artists, the chances of something going wrong in terms of equipment or whatever it is, I mean, it's it doesn't always happen at events, but it, it's quite common, you know, to, to have those little hiccups. So... Um, as far as most people said, that wasn't really a detraction. Um, I think it was awesome. It sort of had like an almost, um, and like I said, I wasn't there. I'm just judging this solely off people I've talked to, uh, and seeing videos and things. It really, to me, almost had like a stereosonic vibe, bringing back that, um, you know, that big festival with multiple stages, multiple acts. Um, you know, Calvin Harris was back. Um, Armin van Buren, all these big sort of names that play in all these huge festivals in Europe and everywhere. So it, to me, from the the energy and from everything I saw, the videos, the lineups, everything like that, it it really had. Um, to me, it 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 felt like a stereosonic from an outsider. Obviously, didn't go, um, but yeah, look, looked really cool. Um, everyone I've spoken to said it was absolutely awesome. Um, so I I. I don't know who runs Festival X, but congrats to those guys and girls. Um, I used to run festivals. 
I know they're hard. I know they're difficult. There's a lot of work that goes into them, a lot of money on the line. And, um, you know, to pull something off that size is just, you know, it's, it's really awesome. So good on, um, you know, Brisbane and everyone, all the footage I saw, it looked, looked like it was a great day. So good on everyone for getting out there and, and supporting a festival. Um, you know, I, I guess it's a new festival. I've never seen it around before. Um, so that's huge to have them, uh, come in and do this Australian festival, um, you know, Australia wide is, is great. So, um, you know, hats off, hats off to those guys, whoever, whoever you are, um, next year before the next one, come on the podcast, we'll, we'll hang out and chill. Um, so I, I had a little something on my Instagram stories that I spoke about, uh, on the day of it. And it was just a little message to any of the people who were going to Festival X, just to sort of, um, <coughs> I've got this thing that I, I don't know, I came up with it. I mean, it's not really that hard. I call it the big three. Um, so I ask people when they go to a festival or a dwarf or whatever it is, who are your big three? So your big three, obviously there's three. First one, first, the first one is your favorite act. So whoever the best act of, uh, of the festival or the day or the dwarf or whatever you, whatever you're at, whoever was the best, um, you know, act that you saw or that you enjoyed the most. This is all subjective, obviously. Um, it's whatever you think. Second act is your least favorite. Now, when I say least favorite, it doesn't actually have to be the worst act you heard. It can be if you want. It's up to you. Um, maybe clarify in your answer. The worst act can also be someone maybe you were really looking forward to and they weren't quite as good as you thought, you know? So it doesn't have to be necessarily the worst because, um, you know, maybe that's just because it's not your genre of music or whatever, but oftentimes it's someone you're like, oh, I was so keen to see, you know, this person. Um, I was so keen to see um, Calvin Harris at Festival X, but he really didn't do, you know, he didn't, um, he didn't hit the mark for me. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. He didn't play this song, whatever it might be. Um, so that's, that's another one. That's the number two, um, so first and favorite act, least favorite act. And the third one's then like, it's almost like the opposite of that. It's your surprise act. So maybe it's someone that you didn't know already. And then you see them play and you go, Oh, that's awesome. Those, those guys were really cool. They blew me away. I wasn't expecting that. Um, so that is your, that that's your surprise act. Um, so it can be someone you didn't know, or maybe someone you do know, and you're like, whoa, they were way better than, than I thought they were going to be. Um, so, so that can be, that can be your surprise act, um, as well. So that's a little thing we used to do when we go to festivals. Um, it's just cool because you can talk about it over the next coming weeks or whatever. And, you know, it, it just sort of brings back memories of, of those parts in the festival, um, of seeing those sets. Uh, so yeah, it's something that I would, um, I'd say to everyone out there, you should do it. It's, it's fun. Um, you can have debates over it with your friends. You can talk about why you thought this or why they were the best or, or why they were your surprise act. Um, had so many good times doing that kind of stuff, uh, with, yeah, with, with mates after festivals, you know? So, um, yeah, it's a good way to sort of just, just remember that, uh, those festival times and that. Um, so yeah, but Festival X, big shout out, everyone who went and supported Festival X, good on you guys. Um, that, that's awesome that it's, it's been so, it was so successful. Um, we also recently had, um, I've been seeing heaps of footage of Noi and Jordan Burns 
playing at the Night Base Tour. Um, looks looks awesome. Uh, just seen a heap of stuff from when they were in, um, I think they would have been Sydney just recently. Um, saw a heap of footage there and, man, that whole tour looks just fucking awesome. Looks lit. Um, exactly sort of my vibes. And the one that I saw, uh, I think, in Sydney, whatever it was they were playing at, um, they're on during like the day. So um, day party vibes is even more my, you know, my my thing. So I, um, yeah, um, oh, it, it looked awesome. So um, yeah, shout out to Noi and Jordan uh, for, for that. Um, that. That was dope. So um, keep doing what you're doing, boys. And Jordan, if you're listening, message me back. Come on the podcast. <laughs> I've messaged Jordan a few times and um, just haven't got a reply yet because I don't know him, uh, but he will be on the podcast. Don't worry. I'm not giving up on that. Um, and that's going to happen hopefully um, soon. Got a heap of guests. Um, I'm at that stage now where I've, I've got all these guests lined up. It's just about organizing the times and things. Um, and here's the thing. I, I get a lot of people ask me to come on the show um, and I love, I love it that so many people want to come on the show and I get why people want to come on the show. Um, you know, it's fun. People like to talk about themselves. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's good promotion for yourself, um, to have something that you can share and say, look, this is me. It's a bit more about me than if you want to know a bit more than the socials or a bit more than the, you know, the little bits of time you see me playing a gig. Um, you know, have a listen to this. The only problem I've got is now, I like, I mean, I'm happy to have anyone on the podcast, but we've got to have something to talk about. We've got to have something to, to, um, to share, to add value to listeners. Um, so, you know, I, I, while there's some people who have maybe hit me up and I've been like, oh, I, look, I'm definitely keen. But keep, you know, keep working and doing what you're doing and we'll organize it in a little bit. Um, you know, I want to be able to talk about things like your first release and and how you got your first gigs. And, if you know, if, if you're not far enough along in your journey, um, sometimes we may not have much to talk about. And, hey, maybe we can do a short episode that's 40 minutes or, or an hour or whatever. But I would personally prefer... Um, to hold off and say, look, um, I'm not going anywhere. Let's wait till you're established. You've got some stories. You've got some things you want to promote. Um, we can talk about some things like, you know, like production and all that kind of stuff. So to anyone out there who, who maybe wants to come on the show, um, I'd say don't be shy in letting me know. Uh, because like I said, I, I, no problem with having anyone on the show. Um, but it's, the timing's got to be right. And I think it's better for yourself and for me if we get that timing right. So, um, more than happy for anyone to, you know, hit us up, uh, to, you know, to come on the show, but at the same time, please don't be offended if I say, I think let's wait six months and see where you're at, you know, um, see how your music's going and, and everything like that. Um, because there's some people that have hit me up and I've said this to them. Um, and yeah, it's just because we need things to talk about. Um, you know, if you're not, if you haven't been around in the scene for too long and you haven't, uh, you don't produce music or anything like that, it can be a little bit difficult for us to sort of, um, 
you know, really go and uh, get deep on some topics um, in music productions. And like I said, show value to the listeners, to people who are listening. So, um, yeah, thank you to everyone who has asked to be on the show, though. Um, Some really cool ones coming up. I can't wait to do. um, But, yeah, for for now, for this part of the, the podcast, I think, this could be a really good part. Um, I've had, I put up some, I put up some, uh, like a Facebook post asking for topics for people to give me for a solo podcast. One of the topics, thanks Storm, uh, Graveyards for this one, um, was production, which obviously is a huge topic that you can't really talk about um, the whole of it. I asked him to be more specific and he said, nah, that's all you get. So <coughs> for production, what I think um, what I think I want to talk about, uh, and, and just so you guys know, I haven't got notes written down for this. This is all off the top of my head. Um, I thought I'd maybe talk about some ways for like new people who maybe are just getting into production or want to get into production ways that they can sort of progress further and ways you can actually, there's a few things. So, all right, I'm going to give some tips out to new producers or people who want to start producing. First of all, don't listen to anyone who tells you that Ableton's better than FL or FL's better than Ableton. In my opinion, FL and Ableton are both fine for writing. Um, You can also use other DAWs, absolutely fine. Um, they're just different workflows. For me, I find FL and Ableton the best workflows for actually producing uh, and writing music. Um, there's some other ones that I think are maybe better for mix downs like Pro Tools. But whenever I've tried to use Pro Tools to write, it's just, for me, the workflow is just not right. Um, it doesn't sit sit too well um, and I just sort of struggle. So my recommendations would be either Ableton or Fruity Loops, uh, or FL Studio, it's called now. Now, with Ableton, you can get student discount if you're a student. That's half price off. Um, not sure what Fruity Loops do, or FL, because I don't actually use FL myself. Um, so that's what I'd say. Grab a copy of one of those two. Now, here's a tip, this next one, that you can do before you get a DAW. You, DJs can do this. Um, Anyone can do this who wants to start getting into music production eventually. And the reason why I am talking about this now is because I asked someone about this um, just recently. I said to them, I said, what kind of music? They said, I do want to produce, but I, I haven't started. I haven't done anything yet. I said, all right, cool. What kind of music do you want to make? And they said to me, oh, I don't really know. It's like a cross between these things. And I said, okay, so you, but you kind of know a type of music you want to make? And they said, yeah. So, um, but they couldn't tell me specifically what genre or I said, can you describe it to me musically? And they said, no. <laughs> um, and what I mean by describe it musically is you can actually analyze music and by listening to it and finding the elements. So, for example, trap music. And the, these are these are going to be like general statements. Trap music. The bass line is an 808 sub. So it follows the kick. So whenever the kick plays, the sub line plays and it follows the kick. It plays the same pattern as the kick. This is a general statement. Um, 
follows the same pattern as the kick. Whereas something like maybe dubstep, the sub and the bass line is going to follow the bass line. It's not going to follow the kick necessarily. Um, so they're working independently of each other in dubstep. So um, the ba the the low end or the bass is following a separate bass line to the kick. Um, whereas you know in trap generally um, the bass line is the low end of the kick, the sub. Um, so they're sort of things you gotta you've got to start thinking about if you want to produce music. You've got to think about that. How do you want your music to sound? Because when you're making a song, you have to make that decision. <coughs> so an example, um, you know, if we talk about house music, which is what, what I do, a lot of my house songs, and this is a general statement again, a lot of house, if you want it to be groovy, what you want to do is you want to use lots of triplet patterns, lots of things that are offbeat, um, and where, again, where the bass line isn't necessarily keeping an on-time beat to the kick drum. Obviously, in house music, it's 4-4, four, four, so it's every every beat, there's a, um, there's a kick, and in-house music, it's basically the groove or the swing or the vibe of the whole track pretty much revolves around how the kick and the bass um, sort of play off each other. Um, so if you've got lots of triplets and things in there, you're generally going to have a more groovy tune. If you've got more straighter things, so more, more on and off the beat type stuff, um, it's going to be, it's more of a straight, um, chuggy sort of a tune. So what you need to do is if you want to get into music production, you've got to start listening to all of the individual elements when you hear a song. And this will kind of wreck music for you in a way um, because every music producer will tell you this. Whenever they go out and listen to music, they often will break the parts down and go, oh, I wonder how they made that lead. How did they, how did they make that bass line? Or, or what would the MIDI look like if I was to you know, try and draw that in? So you have to start listening, listening to music and actually analyzing it. All right, what is the kick pattern doing? What's the snare pattern and the clap doing? What are the hi-hats doing? What's the other percussion doing? Uh, what, uh, you know, what is the bass line doing? Is it following the kick? Is it, is it playing triplets? Is it playing offbeat, on beats? Um, you need to look at all these things and start figuring them out because that is one of the essential parts to writing music. Um, you've got to know the different ideas and different genres and how they sound. Uh, if you if you want to make something, you need to know the base elements of it, of how it's made. So the way you can do that is start listening to music. Listen to just the bass line. <coughs> and when I say that, obviously, you're going to be listening to everything, but focus on the bass line. Focus on listening just to the bass line. Um, don't listen to the lyrics and all that. Just focus right in on, on the bass line and, um, and really get, you know, get that going. So... Another thing I think is really essential for people starting is figure out how to use the MIDI roll. Uh, MIDI is super powerful. It's very basic once you get the hang of it. Um, but MIDI is, I, I think it's, if you're just dropping sample, like at the start, a lot of people just drag and drop samples in and they'll make a drum beat with just samples dragged into audio channels. What you need to start doing, you need to start using the MIDI, uh, the MIDI roll to program samplers in there so what you want to do is look at how to set up a sampler in whatever daw it is all this stuff's online youtube all that kind of stuff 
find out how to make a, uh, how to, you know, set up a sampler and start doing MIDI. Do it that way. Um, all my, all my drums, all my percussion, um, so my snares, my claps, my hi-hats, um, percussion, everything in there, I'll always use a sampler. Reason for that is if I want to change my snare or my clap for the whole track, I can just chuck a new sample into that sampler. Whereas if I had dropped um, all the samples and copied them and duplicated them across a project, to replace them, I have to go through and replace every single snare hit um, in that track. And that's just that's just not viable to do. Um, it's not gonna not gonna work. So um, <coughs> little tip out there to anyone, start working with your MIDI. Um, because that's going to be, you know, um, really important down the track. And then that's going to help you with your bass lines, all that. Start looking at pitch bend uh, in your MIDI. Um, it's so powerful to be able to do that. And and once you sort of move away from just the audio samples, um, there's heaps of other control within the samplers as well. So that's my, one of my tips for drums and all that kind of stuff. Don't just use audio samples. What I end up doing eventually is once I've got it how I want it, I'll bounce them out of stems and then they'll be an audio channel and then I'll work on them again. So that's, um, you know, that's the sort of, you know, for MIDI, um, I, I would start using MIDI as soon as you can really for be people beginning. Um, in terms of other stuff, like they would be, they're sort of some good beginning tips for people. I don't, I don't want to spend too long on this cause I've got a heap of other stuff here, um, to talk about, but, that's some, um, you know, that's some stuff that you can just try to start doing now. Like I said, even if you haven't, um, haven't got a DAW, haven't got a program, you can start listening to songs and breaking them down in your head, figuring out how the patterns work, the kick pattern, um, you know, the, um, the bass lines, the, the synth stabs, um, you know, figure out the arrangement of songs because you're going to have to learn that stuff. You're going to have to learn it to, to break it down and you might as well do that now because that, that shit is the easy shit, <laughs> basically. Um, so start learning that now if you haven't done any production yet and that'll get you well on your way to, to starting. All right. So I'm just going to have a look here. I've got a little list of things. So... I'm just going to start by going down this list of questions or topics that people have given me. Now, some of them I know are a bit of a laugh, um, but I am still going to read them out and answer them for you anyway. Um, so, first question from Samus J, uh, the legend that runs uh, The Vault um, and a few other things. Uh, I think he's in Melbourne. He's asked me why pineapple belongs on pizza. Obviously, hugely controversial topic. Um, I am kind of impartial on this one, which is kind of... Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, pineapple in savoury dishes. Um, I don't particularly like sweet things very much, um, like sweet and sour, like pork or whatever. Um, get that shit out of here. Um, that is not Chinese food. It's not Asian food. Um, and to be honest, I think it tastes like dog balls. Um, not, not keen on pineapple in that. Pineapple on pizza, I don't mind. And I think it's to do with the combination of, um, the ham. Cause I've only ever really had it on, um, on a ham and pineapple. 
I would say the key's not too much. I think if you put too much pineapple on, yeah, that'll fuck your day. Um, that's that's not going to be good. Uh, it's going to be too sweet. I think a little bit on there is, is all right. Um, you know, maybe one or two pieces on a slice, one or two little pieces of pineapple. Um, but I don't want a pizza to be, you know, a pineapple pizza with a bit of ham on it and cheese. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's my thoughts on it. I'm not totally against it. I'll eat it, but. These days, definitely don't order it myself. Um, so why would pineapple go on pizzas? I don't know, man. Maybe you're trying to get your kids to eat more veggies or fruit. Maybe that's why it goes on pizzas. I don't know. Um, and is that even, like, is it just Hawaiian because it's got pineapple? Like, was it invented by someone in Hawaii? I, I don't know. Like, I think it's, we just seem to give everything, uh, it's Hawaiian if it's got pineapple on it. Um, I don't know how they got that fruit. Let me know if you know why, like, pineapple is... I mean, I know they've got pineapple there and it's a tropical fruit, but how come that? How come they get the pineapple? Like, that's, that's bullshit. There's heaps of tropical places. Um, yeah, I think that's bullshit. They shouldn't get the pineapple. Um, should be anyone's. Anyone can have the pineapple. It doesn't have to be Hawaiian. <laughs> All right. Next question. How Social Media Changed the Music Industry Forever by Aaron McKenna. Shout out, Aaron. Um, haven't seen you in a long time. I'll have to see what you're up to. So, social media. How has it changed it? So, it's it's interesting for me because I've been... I was a very, very, very early um, uptaker of Facebook. Um, I got onto Facebook... In 2005, when I was in Townsville at uni, JCU Uni, um, and we had a couple of uni students come over from whatever the uni was, where Zuckerberg was, where he started Facebook, um, and they they told us about Facebook, and they said, oh, it's this thing here, get it, we'll show you, and we all set it up, um, they all have to set it up. Um, and this was right when it had sort of just gone from being just an on-campus thing to a worldwide thing. So it was, it was really fresh, really new. Um, so for me, I've always had social media when, um, when I've been in the industry. So I don't know a lot about, um, you know, the industry before that. Um, I could maybe speak to how how it's changed, the so how social media has changed. Um, so back in the day, it wasn't so much about your following or your fans um, because you didn't have analytics like that where you could go, hey, look, I've got this many followers on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we didn't really have that kind of uh, information available to us. So... <coughs> But in saying that, there was also less DJs. There's less people doing it. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the one thing that's definitely changed in my time that I can say is that with the way the algorithms work now and people not seeing your posts actually has a huge effect. Um, because now you don't just need to have good content. You need to have a good strategy. You need to know when to post uh, what words to use, who to tag. Whereas back in the day, if you liked their page, it was in chronological order, you would see it. 
you would see their post. Um, you wouldn't have these posts from two days ago because someone's liked it or commented on it. Uh, it'd just be chronological. And that when it was that, it was awesome because you could figure out what times were best to post because if people were online, they would see your post. Um, so I think it's a little bit tricky now. Um, obviously, Facebook, Instagram, all these things are doing it for a reason because they want to make ad revenue. Um, they don't want you just using this, using their platform as a business or whoever you are um, and them not getting anything. Like, you know, they want a piece of the pie. Um, so they want you to advertise. They want you to pay for boosted posts. So, uh, you know, it's – I think that – I think back in the day, it was a little bit more about the actual party you put on, the actual vibe you you brought. It wasn't um, – and the music. It wasn't so much about your online persona because, you know, you can build this huge persona and be a terrible musician and, um, and still do well. Um, so I, I think – I think social media has been great because it means you can reach so many people um, and around the world and everything like that. It probably means that people can blow up a lot quicker. But I, I think that it's it also sort of it's definitely got downfalls um, where, yeah, it's it's just too much now about a popularity contest, I think. I think it allows that kind of a, a you know, a popularity contest to occur and it's not always related to the music then, which kind of sucks. Um, but Hey, it's changed forever. We've got to live with it. Um, now I listen to lots of podcasts and, and things to learn about the new algorithms, the marketing, all that kind of stuff. I'm no genius yet, but, um, you know, I learn new things all the time. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something you've got to spend more time on now, I'd say. I'd say it's just another another thing you have to do, another stress, another job. Um, <coughs> but yeah, I, I think that's it. It's it's just made thing, just given us another job of something else that we've got to worry about. Um, which, yeah, but at the same time, like I said, more opportunities. So yeah, that's that one, Aaron. Thanks for the question. Uh, so next question. What led you to pursuing music production and DJing and how have you found the real experience versus your original expectations? Joe, that's from Joe. Her name on Facebook is Joe Arnott, but I'm not sure if that's your real last name, Joe, but I don't actually know, so I'm just going to say it is. Um, so music production, I've, if you go back and listen to my bonus episode where I just talk about music production uh, and, and well, sorry, my musical journey, you'll know that I sort of, uh, the first, the first thing that got me into it was when I saw Crafty Cuts at Family, um, which is, uh, I can't remember, I don't know what year it was, um, ages ago though. That's what really opened my eyes to dance music. Um, I used to always call it techno and think it was doof, doof, doof. Um, didn't really understand the nuances and complexities and the it is a little bit similar to classical music in a way. We have tension and release and, and all these elements. Um, and I'd never really saw it in that light um, and never really seen it in a big club where the energy of the crowd and all that. So um, I think that was the the moment um, for me that I was like, oh, this is awesome. That's what got me into DJing. And I just realized eventually down the track that production was the next step. It was an extension of DJing uh, and, and that all the big guys who are massive around the world um, are, are, were all producers. So that was just like a natural 
um, progression for me um, to do that. When you ask about the real expectations versus, um, sorry, my expectations versus what really happened, I suppose that depends at what part of my career we talk about. If we talk about the start, um, I didn't know that I would be this passionate about it. I didn't know that I would be this into it, um, that it would become such a big part of my life. So when I started, I don't think I necessarily, like everyone has those you know, ambition to, to play at Tomorrowland or, or whatever it is, some big event um, and tour the world. Sure, I had that. That was such a, a dream at that stage, though. It wasn't actually like a goal. It was more like, oh, that'd be fun one day, maybe, if that could ever happen. So I think initially um, my expectations, I just thought I would be playing parties and clubs and, and didn't think I would sort of move to the next level um, to start. You know, because it started with DJing. It didn't start with production. So it was, yeah, it was sort of at the start, I think, um, I, it was quite reasonable um, what what happened in real life. I, I got a heap of gigs. I got to play um, a wide range of music, which is what I loved at the time. Um, and, yeah, and then, but when I decided to sort of do it full time um, and I've, I've actually recorded a podcast with the Metaminds boys, um, and when I went to do it full time, I knew it was going to be sacrifice. I knew I was going to have to do it tough for a little bit. Um, but I prepared myself for that. I, I was ready to struggle. Um, and I knew I would have to when, when I did that for just for a little bit. Um, so in that sense, um, I, I expected to struggle. I did struggle a little bit at times. Um, and then made the move down to Brisbane really after that. Um, but yeah, like, look, I've known all along it's going to be, you know, it's a long journey. It's, it's something you've got to work towards. Um, and that most artists, um, most big guys that you see, they've probably been doing it for 10 years before you see them. Uh, and, and you just see them all of a sudden blow up overnight but they've been there for 10 years grinding in the background doing, you know, whatever it is, um, whatever genre it is that they make or play. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's important to remember for anyone out there who's trying to make it. Um, you don't, you don't just make it in a year. Uh, and if you do, you're extremely lucky. Um, so yeah. All right. Next question. Thanks for that one, Joe. Um, so I guess for those, if you want to go watch, uh, the, the, the musical journey episode, which is a bonus episode a few weeks ago. You can watch that. That'll explain how I got into music. Um, and in a few more weeks time, there will be a Metaminds podcast, um, where I talk about, yeah, sort of, uh, quarter life crisis I had at 25, uh, and, and chose to take my life in a different direction to the way it was going. So, um, I talk about that on there. So that might be a cool one to listen uh, listen out for when that comes out for you, Joe, if you want to know more about that. All right. How your own ideas of your brand slash music industry life have either failed or succeeded. That's from Carl Vanderson, a past guest on the show. All right. Um, my own ideas of brand and music industry have either failed or succeeded. 
All right, so the first DJ name I had was DJ Kingy. Absolutely shocking name. Um, that That's a failure of a name, but I realized that quite early um, and changed to Boy King Corey. Um, with branding, I think for me, branding wasn't something in the first couple of years of my career I really worried about at all. Um, it was, to me, at that stage, it was just fun. I was just playing gigs. Um, I was a party DJ at that stage, so open format, um, as people like to call it now. We used to call it party DJs. Um, so that was, when I started, I, you know, I didn't really have a lot of branding. Um, the first lot of photos and logos and things I got um, done was, and you might have seen some of them, is like the underwater one where I'm in a pool underwater with, with sound gear. Um, I actually got all that for free with my logo at the time from um, some girls who were doing photography and some kind of media thing at, um, at uni. And they needed to have a client. They needed to take photos, do up a bit of a, you know, portfolio for their client and, um, you know, submit that for their assignment. So I got um, photos done there um, and a logo. Um, I, it wasn't – I've always had this thing with Boy King Koi because Koi is a koi fish, obviously boy. So I had this whole um, mythology to the name and everything um, that was going to be based around underwater, sort of like the lost city of Atlantis um, and that I was like a boy king. Uh, the whole concept was going to be that the um, in our kingdom underwater, we've been listening to like dance music and all this kind of, you know, music that's now really popular around the world. Um, we've been listening to it for hundreds and thousands of years. And finally, um, you know, the people who live above the ocean have caught up um, to our, you know, cool music. Had had everything sorted, you know, I was going to, I had like a, this supercomputer that ran the city was called the Oracle. Um, I had all this, uh, I used to have little intro edits I'd do. Um, that was the Oracle welcoming, welcoming people to the kingdom and, and starting off the show. Um, so I, I never really went with that fully, um, because at the time it was just a bit of a gimmick and a bit of fun. And I didn't really push that. Um, and actually I, I got some, some business cards that are pretty cool from a mate as well. So, um, I've, uh, I've, I've got one left and it's, it's really dope. Um, but yeah, so I didn't really focus on branding then. I think it wasn't really till I really started producing and, and putting out music that I thought, shit, I need to start branding and, and sort of figure this out. <coughs> and I think the reason, um, you know, the reason I started just doing, just house music was because of branding. I needed to stick to one thing. Um, you know, like I, I, I did for a little bit have a trap side project I started. Um, but I quickly found that trap really wasn't for me in terms of writing. Um, it just wasn't, I didn't find it as interesting or as enjoying as writing, um, more like the house sort of vibes. Um, and yeah, I, to, to be honest, I haven't done a lot on branding. Um, I'm trying to do a bit more on branding now in terms of what I'm about because I think I know who I am now and what I want to do. Um, you know, I've got like been thinking recently about what my mission statement is and what my goals are and and how, um, you know, how they align and, and when I can try and achieve them and what I can do there. But um, in terms of branding and, and everything, you know, I – 
what I what I did was I I used to be a party DJ. I then sort of canned that. I've moved more onto just house because I think you can have side projects. I think whatever you do as your project or your artist, uh, it needs to be sort of consistent. Um, if there's, you can do genres that are maybe close together. You could do drum and bass and trap or, or drum and bass and dubstep um, because they are, you know, kind of similar. Probably going to get hate for that, but they are kind of similar. So, um, or trap and dubstep, or you can, you know, you can do like tech house and house, I guess, whatever. But, you know, you, you can't really do dubstep and, and tech house. Um, because if people, generally the people who like dubstep are not the same people who like tech house and vice versa. So if you put out a dubstep track, you're going to piss off half your audience who like your tech house. If you put out a tech house track, you can piss off half your audience like your dubstep. So I think in those circumstances, it's good to to um, have an alias. And I do have a breakbeat alias with a friend. Uh, it's called Bacon Beat DJs. Um, do have another secret project as well that obviously it's a secret, so I can't tell you uh, who who that is or what that alias is. So, um, But yeah, so I think... As far as branding goes, I think it is important to when you get to production anyway to know. Um, I suppose DJing as well because you've got to, people have to know what you're going to play at a gig. Um, to you know, but you can usually tell that from what kind of gig and who's playing in that. So, um, I would say it's more beneficial for um, producers to have their brand. And it, I mean, if you're playing open format like like I was party DJ, it's you can play, you're playing sort of everything. So people sort of know that, um, going in, I guess. So, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I would say about that one, um, for Carl and Carl had a second part to that. Um, the changes I've seen in myself professionally and personally each year as time goes on. Whoa. What changes I have seen. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously I've been doing this for 10 years now. Um, if we talk about DJing, so, yeah, I've changed heaps over that professionally. Um, and a lot of it's just from learning new things. Um, you know, when I was the artist liaison at um, uh, Blah 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 for Addicts, I learned so much there. And and I really – that was a huge turning point for me because that, that, um, that taught me how to talk to big famous artists, you know. Like how, how, do, you, how do you talk to someone that's one of your idols that um, – you're sitting there and you've got to hang out with them for a couple of hours while they're in the green room before they play. Like, um, that, that kind of shit's important to learn. Uh, I, I think, because then it means you can sort of go and just, you can be down with people and, and hang and not piss them off or annoy them or, or whatever it is. Um, so I think that was a really cool thing to learn. Um, and that was sort of when I started moving down to Brisbane and stuff like that. Um, and then obviously doing the head promotion stuff at family. Um, that was, that was great as well to learn more of a club setting. Uh, cause I'd sort of come from more festival club nights and stuff like that. Um, so that was really good to learn and how to look after patrons and stuff and how to make them feel that little bit special, uh, on their time there. So, um, but yeah, definitely got more professional. Um, I'm going to be on getting drunk with DJs. Um, yeah, um, I think in the new year sometime, I've been talking to, uh, Adam from hashtag feelings about it. Um, and yeah, there's, um, there's a story in there that 
I think is going to get told that um, that wouldn't have this. I mean, I can't give away the story, but stuff that I've maybe done in the past and and maybe not known how to react to something or how to handle it. Um, now I'm more confident to be able to go. No, nah, I know, I know what to do here, and you know. Um, so without giving anything away really about that story, um, you'll have to watch out for that because I've definitely matured. I've definitely, um, just in terms of being able to drink, like I can go out and I can get smashed, but know where I am, know how drunk I am and how much, how much quicker I have to drink or least quick. Um, I, I think it's just about knowing yourself and, and that's how you can sort of yeah, be more professional and know, all right, it's time for me to go home. I'm, you know, I'm well-rooted. Um, nothing's, nothing good's going to happen now. I'm not going to have a conversation with a booker from somewhere and get a gig or, you know, if anything, I'm going to fuck something up, you know? So um, I think, yeah, that's something to, um, that, yeah, each year. And as time goes on, I, I guess I just, um, I realise... I think as time goes on and you're more confident, you realize that you've got stuff to offer other people as well. And I think that's why this podcast took a while to get going um, or to start. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think it's good to, um, you know, just that confidence that you sort of get throughout the years of continually doing it, um, music and things like that, and learning all aspects of the industry because um, I am interested in all aspects of the industry um, and I always have been really. So... Um, you know, I put on events myself before I'd learned anything, um, from other people. Uh, and then when I learned from other people, I was like, oh my God, I did so many things wrong. What was I doing? Um, so yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's, um, yeah, that's that one. So yes, definitely. Um, what changes, Bo? What changes? What were the changes? Um, yeah, just more professional, just more confident, knowing myself better, knowing how to react to certain situations, uh, being a better communicator with people as well. I think these are all things that I've gotten better at over the years and that have dramatically helped me. So um, it's, not about all, all, it's not all about socials. It's not all about your music. Um, sometimes it's about learning about how to handle yourself in the club and how to you know, react to things um, as well. So make sure you, you work on that as well. Um, but yeah, they're definitely things that have changed personally. Um, I think now I actually, you know, I love production more. Um, at the start, DJing was always, you know, way more fun. Um, production, obviously when you're learning and you're not very good and it takes you ages, not very fun. Now I'm at that stage where production and DJing are on par, you know? So, um, I sort of said to prohibition, I said, look, I'd love to just play once a month, um, uh, because I want my time in the studio. Um, just let me play once a month. Um, and then, you know, if you need people to fill in on, you know, I can come do some stuff. So, so, so you know, uh, production for me is, is one of the main things that I, that I need to work on. Um, and then DJing's obviously super fun, but, um, yeah, I enjoy them both just as much now, which is really cool. Um, wasn't always like that. So <coughs> good to, to have that. Uh, we had Storm, um, Graveyards, who just wrote production, which I gave you a little bit of production shit before. That's all you get, Storm. Um, be more spe specific next time. So I just want to talk about a few other things uh, before I wrap it up. 
A um, few things on my mind. First of all, um, Christmas parties. Staff Christmas parties. What's the go? Does everyone... How, how do you guys... Do you like your staff Christmas parties? Um, what's the vibe? I work at a primary school. So mine is with, uh, obviously, people I work with. Lots of teachers. Um, there are... You know, we, we usually have it... Try and have it somewhere not near families of the school. Um, but yeah, I'm just interested to know, um, cause I've never really been to lots of Christmas staff parties. Um, I've only really been to the ones at the school. So I'm just wondering, um, what kind of vibes other Christmas staff parties have? Um, cause I mean, it gets a bit rowdy with the school one, but not really. I mean, not really. Um, I'd imagine like, you know, if tradies had Christmas parties and stuff that they would be lit, like, you know, because they pretty much work to get on it, don't they? They they work to get on the piss and 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 make money to to have fun outside of work. So I imagine tradies would be good. Um, so yeah, I don't, just something I've been thinking about because it's Christmas time. I've never really been to many other Christmas staff parties, um, just the one that I, where I'm working now. So um, yeah, if you've got a Christmas staff party coming up. And you need to bring a plus one. Maybe you should uh, let me know and I can come along and check out another staff party. I can um, pretend to be your boyfriend if you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've never been to other Christmas staff parties. That I can remember anyway. So that's just something a little interesting I've been thinking about lately. What's, uh, what's the vibe at different staff parties? I'd love to see like a list of someone who's like figured out the best, what's like, what's the best profession to have a staff party? Um, yeah, I wonder, hey, if someone knows about that, let me know out there, let me know. Um, so I just wanted to share a little bit of information in this last section on social media. So I listen to a social media podcast quite regularly. Um, so I was listening to it today and I just found a few uh, tips for Instagram on that, that were actually, um, you guys might know this if you're out there, you may not, but I thought they were pretty awesome and definitely super handy for any creatives, um, or, you know, producers, DJs out there. So, um, here's a few little things on Instagram. First of all, I was, and I was talking to this about Storm, with, uh, Storm, but I don't know if anyone's been doing questions recently, but what's the go with all the bots? Like, they answer the question and just go like, hi, Boy King Koi, or hey, you should follow me. It's like, first of all, you click on their profile and go to them. They're not following me and I'm not following them. So I don't know how they first of all see my story because it's not hashtagged. There's no hashtag in it, so they, they shouldn't be I – I don't know how they see it to start with. Maybe someone else out there knows. But who – how is – does that work? Like – who goes to the question and goes, oh, yeah, sweet, I'll follow you just because you answered my question, who I don't know who you are. I don't know. That's Instagram. Sort that shit out. Um, super annoying bots on questions. Nah, not on. Not on. Fix that shit. Um, so that's not the tips. <laughs> These are the tips here. Um, so, you know, when you do, like, collated photos, when you do multiple photos in one post, um, so, you know, you can swipe and see more of the photos. Well... Apparently, Instagram, if you post that, someone scrolls past it and ignores it, doesn't like it or whatever, and doesn't swipe, 
it will actually show that person your um, your post again later on at another time, but it'll show one of the other photos. Um, now, I don't know if it does it multiple, like three or four times, if you've got multiple photos, probably not. Um, but that's super powerful because you think, oh, I'm, I'm sort of wasting two photos here, but you're kind of getting double exposure for the one post. So that's something that I'm probably going to try uh, using a little bit more, um, you know, coming up. Um, because like I said, you get a double exposure of the one post. If they don't engage with it the first time, they'll see it the second time with the different photo, same caption. Um, and you know, maybe they'll engage with it there. So, um, the collated photos, I don't know how long that's been going on for doing that, but actually once they mentioned that to me, I did realize that that had actually been happening. So that's, um, that's a good little one to have there as well. Um, IGTV, Instagram TV. So we all know about Instagram TV. You can do videos over a minute long um, on Instagram TV. So um, the really cool thing about Instagram TV as well is you can actually put links in the description and you can click on the links and they will take you there. Yes, that's right. It's not, if you don't have access to the swipe up function in your stories, <coughs> which if you don't have over 10,000 people, I think you wouldn't. Then the only place that you can actually have links for people to go to is on your profile and your bio. Um, so one thing you can now do is with the Instagram, if you've got a video, you can upload to Instagram TV. Uh, and in the description, you can actually have a clickable link that they can click on to go uh, outside of Instagram to another website or wherever it is. So that's a cool little tip in there. Um, it's, it's handy. One thing I would say with that, if you're going to do that, make sure your first minute, um, is super engaging because that first minute will show up on the feed and people will be able to see that first minute and they can't click on the link unless they go keep watching and go over to the Instagram TV part and watch it. Then they can click on the link. So you've got to figure out how you can get them from being in the normal feed to watching the full video so that they can access that link. So that's the challenge, I guess. Um, can you make it engaging enough in that first minute to make them shoot over to uh, the Instagram TV section and then, you know, click on the link? Um, so yeah, that's a that, that, that's one there that... Um, you know, that I found out about with Instagram TV, um, clickable links, um, awesome, super handy. Another thing, if you don't say have the swipe up thing feature, this is, and this is, this is obvious actually, if you don't have the swipe up feature, but you do have the link in your bio, you can put your, you can put your, your actual at Boyking Koi or whatever it is in your story and you can actually put um, one of those click here stickers on top of it. So you can't actually see the at Boy King Koi. You have click here. People click on that. It'll take you then to the profile. So you can say link in the bio, click here. Um, and so what that means is instead of having to try and click on the little title up in the top left-hand corner, they can just click on the click here button. It'll take you straight to the, it'll take them straight to your page and then they can click on the link in your bio. So it's just another way of making it a little bit easier for people to actually get to that link in the bio if you don't have the swipe up function. Another thing you can do is put your at Boy King Koi at, um, at the bottom of a caption. And then that way, if they want to go and link at your link in the bio, there's click on your, um, you know, your at Boy King Koi, whatever, you, whatever your handle. Um, and then that'll take you to the bio. 
then they can click on it. So that's a good way of just helping people to make it that little bit easier to get redirected to your bio and then to get, um, you know, to that link. All right, last thing, um, and obviously this is probably quite um, not new for most people, um, but I've, you know, been using this just for a little while now on my Instagram bio uh, page is Linktree. Um, so essentially Linktree makes a landing page for you. You can have buttons on it. Um, and then, and you can, they can link to whatever you like, uh, whatever, uh, whatever website you want them to link to. So you can click on, uh, at the moment, I think mine's got, um, music on Spotify, music on Apple music, listen to my podcast, um, follow my Facebook. And I think there's another one on there. Oh, something about SoundCloud. Uh, check out my SoundCloud. So um, that's really cool. It's really easy to use, like so basic. Um, and that's a free service. So if you have multiple things you want to sort of link people to in your bio um, or for anything, doesn't have to be Instagram, um, then yeah, you should definitely get onto link, uh, tree, link tree. That's the one, link tree. Because um, I've just started using that. And yeah, it's definitely a pretty handy one to use. All right, guys, um, I think I might wrap this one up here. Uh, got some cool stuff coming up. Um, this episode is out at the same time, basically, as um, I was just on Metaminds podcast. Uh, so Metaminds, um, they're a self-development podcast done by Nomia and Dan's Tube or um, Eamon and Dan. Um, they run that show and they've actually both been on pod on my podcast separately. Uh, so I went on their podcast. Um, we sort of talk about music and stuff, a little bit about me and, and stuff like that. Um, and I give you the secret to the meaning of life. Um, they asked me right at the end what the secret to the meaning of life or what the meaning of life is. And I give it to them straight up. There's no, there's no questioning myself. Um, I was confident about my answer. Um, had no idea they were going to ask, but, um, something I do think about a bit. So, um, yeah, go check that one out. I will be sharing that around and linking it and I'll put a link in the comments, this, um, in the show notes of this episode as well. You can go and watch that one on video too. So if you want to see my ugly mug, um, in, in that one, uh, you can go watch that one as well. And, um, I've, we also afterwards, um, I've also recorded another episode with them, which will be out in a few more weeks as well. Um, and that's the one where we talk about my quarter life crisis. So stay tuned for that one. Um, music, I am working on a heap of remixes still. Um, man, I got to finish them, eh? Um, I, I'm in a really busy time at work um, coming up to the end of the year. So I think as soon as all that's over, I'll get them done and I'll pump them out for you guys. Um, some cool remixes in there, even working on one that may end up being an official remix, um, for someone who the current tune is in the Arias. So, uh, yeah, that could, that's really exciting. Um, I'm hoping to smash this one out and get that one over and hopefully it gets signed off and approved, um, as an official remix. So exciting times, um, production wise, uh, DJing, I'm sort of taking it easy for the rest of the year. Um, I will be partying at Prohibition on New Year's Eve. Um, who knows what might happen um, every other time I've gone there. I've ended up playing um, a little bit, 
whether it's just a few tunes out in the party room or if it's, um, you know, a closing set um, or an open or whatever. Um, so I will be there though. So, um, if you're going out and you're going to be at Prohibition, make sure you let me know, come have a beer and catch up. Uh, this weekend we have Overlook, um, my favorite day party in Brisbane, uh, good vibes. I love all the crew that run that. I love all the DJs. Um, I'm all about it. And this Saturday at it, I'm actually going to be doing a bit of a beer with live. So, um, the way that will work is it'll just be super casual. It's just going to be a Facebook's live stream, um, that I will, will do for a little bit. Um, I've got a little bit of an area that, that I might have, um, sorted for us where we'll have a bit of a booth. Um, and we'll just probably just bring people in and have a bit of a chat, um, about what's going on with them, maybe what, how they got into Overlook or why they love it. But basically just going to be sitting down having a bit of a chat with people who were there um, at the event probably early on um, because I've got my Christmas stuff party afterwards as well. So that's going to be a full-on day and night. So um, make sure you get down to Overlook. Uh, if you want to get tickets beforehand, uh, you can use my discount code, which was K-O-I-J, so Koige. Um, that's a pretty cool um, actual artist name as well. So look out for a Koige project from me maybe in the future. Um, but yeah, so um, use that code for a little bit off. I think it's basically just save your booking fee um, amount. And yeah, you can still get tickets on the door. It's at Sub Rosa. Starts at 2 p.m. I'm going to be there at 2 p.m. Fingers crossed. I will be there very early though. Um, so yeah, if you're not doing anything on Saturday, make sure you come down and check that one out. Um, I'm also going to start doing shout outs and reading reviews on the podcast. So if you leave me a review of the podcast on something like Apple, um, Google, um, I don't know, can you review on Spotify? I'm not sure. Basically, if you leave me a review on one of the podcast platforms, I'll read it out and I'll give you a shout out, give you some love. Um, I don't have the two. I've got two. Um, shout out Craig Howard. Um, obviously Craig was on the first episode, um, and he was on my solo episode, uh, so the Boy King Koi one interviewing me. Um, so shout out to Craig Howard. He put an awesome review in there. Um, thanks so much, mate, for that one. Uh, also my mate, I'm assuming it's you, Jezza, um, because it says Bismuth in the name, gave us another, another cool, um, review there. So thank you so much, Jezza. Um, and Jeremy's going to be Jezza, Jeremy, he's going to be on the podcast, uh, sometime in the future, he is a marine biologist studying uh, sea urchins. Um, so yeah, soft shell, shop, soft shell lobster gang for life. Um, shout out to Jez. Hopefully, um, he'll be up in Brisbane soon, and we will get to sit down and podcast. All right, guys. Uh, make sure you follow me on all platforms at Boy King Koi on everything. You guys know what to do there. That's super easy. Um, share the podcast. Like rate, subscribe, review. What else can you do with it? I don't know. Um, show someone, put it on, burn it to a CD and give it to your friend. I don't know. Um, yeah, just thanks for the support guys. It, it's, it's awesome. Um, and it's great meeting some of you people in person. Um, once, you know, you've maybe listened to some episodes and then uh, we've maybe connected on socials and then, um, I really do love meeting people in person. So, um, like I always say, you know, come have a beer. Um, if you're going out, 
come to Overlook. Please come to Overlook and have a beer with me. Um, I love meeting new people and I love drinking beer. So, um, yeah, definitely come and check that one out this weekend, Saturday, 2 o'clock. Goes till, I think, about 8, 8 or 9. So day party. Um, yeah, definitely come and do that. All right, guys, I guess that is it for this one. Um, I am now going to go and edit this podcast. Um, I hope everyone out there who are producers or DJs, well, many producers, got some stellar Black Friday uh, VSTs, uh, sort of sales for plugins and things. Um, there were some really great ones out there. Uh, let me know what you got if you did get anything cool. Um, and, yeah, I guess, guys, that's it for this one, um, a solo podcast where I just come in and, talk about some stuff. So, uh, yeah. All right, guys, take care wherever you are, if it's day or night, and I'll see you guys soon for the next episode.